0: everybody. This is Andrew May. You are listening to Story and Growth. I'm here with my co-host Katie May. Hey, hey. We are here today to talk about contentment. We are here to shoot the shit and be real. That sounds like something you're into. Let's go. So we've been thinking about, yeah, I've been thinking about contentment recently just because of my lack of it and how I have a hard time with contentment. I'll be in like situations where it seems like you should be enjoying yourself or should be content and happy. And I just struggle with it. So I thought it'd be good to to chat about.
1: Yeah. I think it's really fucking hard to stay in a place of contentment. It, it, you have to really, it's like exercise. <laughs> you have to really work at it. It's not I think when we're in our most like natural essence or state, it's easier. But I think when we're in the way that the world has conditioned us or, or tells us to be, it is like so counter
0: mm-hmm.
1: to contentment that when you are trying to achieve it, it's you're almost like walking upstream or swimming upstream because there's so many things that can keep you from contentment Unless you're willing to really work at it.
0: Yeah, I think what I do is I buy shit to help me to feel more content a lot of times. So if I'm not content with my wardrobe, I'll go out and buy a lions. No, what is it? Cheetahs and tigers, tigers. Zebras and cheetahs. Oh, my shirt. Uh, which is, it's a dope shirt, but
1: it's like the loudest shirt you've ever worn. And it's amazing.
0: So I went into old Navy to get, get a new shirt and I got a couple shirts, but I looked at the wall and saw this ridiculous looking, almost like African kind of inspired, uh, mustard looking shirt that had zebras and leopards and tigers on it. I was like, what a dumb fucking shirt. And then I left and I couldn't stop thinking about the shirt. I was like, gotta have that shirt. And then I went back in like a month or two later and they didn't have it anymore. So just ordered it online and I've been wearing it for the last three days straight. Um, and I felt like, so I sort of feel like people are judging me when I wear the shirt. Uh, whether that's true or not, uh, I went to go work at a coffee shop and there was this black chick that was just kind of hanging out by her car and she was like staring me down and i was like oh shit am i like culturally appropriating am i like wearing this like kind of african looking shirt and i'm like a white boy and she was just looking at me and i was like oh shit i was like i can't think about that and uh I went in and saw her again and just kind of actually recognized her. She was, uh, she's a local makeup artist and she was just looking at me cause she knows my photography and we've seen each other's stuff online, but never really seen each other in person. And so it's just kind of a goofy little one-off that happened, but
1: basically you're still like getting used to this shirt. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it's working through some emotional things for you too. Is it? I mean, like, just working through, like, letting go of what other people think. Oh, yeah. Judgment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And I think that that relates to contentment because I think for me, the fear of judgment from others, like, I I try to think, oh, I don't give a shit about what anybody thinks. Or, you know, we'll post pics of our butt on Instagram and don't care because I really don't. But I think there is part of my mind and part of everybody's mind that fears judgment of others. And I think that holds us back so much in life. It holds me back from just enjoying wearing this dope new shirt that I got. And I think if I'm able to kind of not focus so much on what other people think, that's where I find more contentment in my own Mm -hmm. life.
1: Yeah. I think when you can really like let go of some of those fears around what other people think you can really start to step more into your authentic self and from your authentic self is where I think probably contentment is really born. Like when we're not living authentically, I think that's when we are misaligned and often can create feelings in ourselves that are, you know, increased anxiety, increased depression, increased you know, doubts and worries because we're not living aligned with who we know we are. And that creates malcontentment or what is it? Malcontent, yeah. Malcontentment. Malcontent. Malcontent. (laughs) I have a thing with words. Um, But when you're living authentic and you're claiming who you are and you're not really worried as much about what people think, then I think there's a lot more ease to the feeling of contentment.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: it just naturally occurs when you're being authentic.
0: Yeah, it makes me think of an Angelica Schuyler and the whole, you can never be satisfied thing. Because I, th- I feel like in my life, if I... And maybe that's part of the human condition. We won't necessarily be fully satisfied, but I think it's, that doesn't mean give up and don't strive for satisfaction or contentment or peace. I think we can find those things, but, uh, I do really struggle with, you know, have everything I need, but it's not enough. I'm not satisfied. I need more. It's like, kind of like, why are we remodeling our house or remodeling some of our house?
1: A very small part of our house after getting <laughs>
0: fucking expensive, bro.
1: Getting quotes back. Um, Well, I think there's like this, this dance I do with like being content with what you have while also still wanting to honor, like improving and creating like your life, the way that it feels most at ease. And I think, like having your surroundings be authentic to you is another part of being in an authentic life. Like if you live in a home or a space that, I mean, not that you have to like structurally change things about your, your space necessarily, but if you're living in a space that's cluttered and not like representing things that bring you joy, then that's going to increase your discontentment because you're not aligned. Again, you're not, living in peace with yourself essentially. Yeah. So I think that's part of it, but I think there's a very fine line with being content with what you have and not like continually striving and striving and purchasing things and, you know, trying to like get to the next thing. I think there's a fine line between being content and also still wanting to like align yourself.
0: So I think, I feel like for me that peace, contentment, all of it comes from a lack of control, like not finding peace, not finding contentment comes from not being able to control things. And so like take my mom's death, for example, it's not something her getting cancer, all of it, her dying. It's not something I had any control over how that arrow went and where it went and so amidst that it's really hard to find inner peace uh, but I was reading in the mountain is you it's our bible pretty much these days uh, it's just got so much good information and something she says is uh, and I think she's actually quoting another author named Gail Brenner with this but she's saying that she argues that inner peace is the only kind that exists because nothing else is in our control so the only thing that's actually in our control is how much at peace we we can be or we are Mm. and it's that idea of like rocks in a lake i think is an example that's used sometimes for like meditation and whatnot uh and that you know you you can't you can't control anything around you. You can't control the fish that swim by the weather. You can't control any of those things, but you can control how still and calm you are. Mm. Um, and I think that's a practice. I think that takes practice.
1: Yeah. I think that's such a good point that I think control is such a facade. And I think we've talked about this before. Like mm-hmm. There is very, very little we can control. And like you pointed out, it's really more just our internal state. That's it. Like we cannot control really anything externally to us. We can, and I don't even want to use the word control, but we can gain more equilibrium or more contentment or more peace But again, like you said, it takes that practice piece. And I think that is the part that I'm finding for me and other people I talk to is really hard to slow down, be still, really like pay attention. This is like, I think where the whole concept of like mindfulness comes from is like, it's not, mindfulness is often like bundled with like meditation. And I've been reading recently, more about mindfulness and really it's when you are doing something and so it's not like about being completely still but it's like when you're doing something like even drinking your coffee in the morning like do you actually taste it do you smell it do you feel the sensation of it as you're drinking it and it going down in in your mouth and your throat you know do you make more like of a ritual of things essentially like even normal like mundane things like brushing your teeth, like taking a walk, like playing with your kids. That is really, I think where the heart of contentment lies is when we can fully sink into the present moment, but it's so, so hard. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, like one question I have is when you have found yourself in a place of contentment, what does that feel like to you?
0: It feels like everything's going to be okay and that I don't have to stress or worry or create anxiety or create my own anxiousness, mm-hmm. something for me to, some sort of problem for me to solve. I think sometimes if, if things are going decent, but I'm not even really feeling content or peaceful, I it's not that I create drama, but I do create a sense of angst or some sort of um, problem for me to solve. So mm. I can feel like I'm, it's like I'm putting in the work or I'm, I'm doing something worthwhile. Mm. And something that's interesting from The Mountain Is You, she says, inner peace is the state of being connected to the deep internal knowing that everything is okay and always will be. Mm. And so I, you know, like I think there's a lot of difficult things that happen in our lives. And especially in the last five years for us, there's been a lot of really difficult things. And if you don't have some sort of Thing to come back to like the fact that f- things are okay and that things always have been okay and always will be okay then I think you can feel very aimless and very lost so like with the death of my mom or the affair or COVID or any of these things it, all these griefs that we've experienced and loss and changing schools and just constant, what feels like turmoil, what feels like languishing, what feels just, I don't know, detrimental and like almost as if we are experiencing something that isn't the way it was supposed to be. Like it's Mm -hmm. the alternate Biff timeline back to the future. And this isn't how things were supposed to go down, but. I messed up somewhere along the way and everything around me, everything I touch seems to like crumble. And I know that's not true, but it can definitely feel like that when things just feel like they keep being rotten,
1: Mm.
0: you know, like keep bearing rotten fruit.
1: That reminds me of, I was reading in this book called self-compassion by Dr. Kristen Neff. And she was saying, and I think this is, Another definition of suffering, not hers necessarily. I've heard it from other people too, but the definition of suffering is when our expectations don't match our reality. That's where suffering happens. And so I think it's really kind of in the lines of what you're talking about. It's really easy to suffer when we have certain expectations for life, which is pretty much all of us. Right. I've never really met somebody that's like, Oh, well, it just is what it is all the time. Like there's some level of expectation that we all bring to life. And when our reality doesn't match that we suffer, when our reality does match that we're happy and we're content. And so the practice is more around, I think, changing our expectations a little bit and, um, I think I feel like this is really where like alchemy comes in to where like learning the process of transmuting the pain of life that we all experience, how to transmute that pain into gold in our life, which I think is some of the work we've been doing the last several years as things have come up. There's still so much more that I'm learning as I like go deeper and deeper. Like, I don't know that it's ever done. But I think there is such beauty in practicing like how do we hold space for the heart and the pain and the the stuff in life that goes awry enough so that we can start to really integrate it and transmute it into our life, which is so counter to what we are taught most of the time. It's like avoid pain, avoid hard stuff, you know, avoid all the things that are coming up right now, grief, whatever it is, push it away, numb it out, move away from it, whatever you need to do, but don't touch it. Right. And I'm starting to really learn the only way to really find true contentment is to hold it and integrate it. And it's not always pretty. It's actually a, can be a pretty ugly process and painful, but what's on the other side of that is like a true peace and a true freedom, not like a masked over short-lived freedom. Does that make sense?
0: It does. It made me instantly think of the, I guess the tool to arrive there or a tool to help arrive at contentment which, you know, I guess we can get into more. It's not necessarily a destination, but something that can help you on your contentment journey is appreciation and gratitude. And we kind of talk about a lot of the same things, but there's so many themes that connect with so many different aspects of what we're trying to do on our personal growth journeys And I think if you're able to end the hard shit in the grief or in the difficult to be able to think about what you actually are grateful for, that can be really helpful. So we went to the beach this past week and like, I would say 80% of the people who went, got this virus, got this bug and it was not COVID, but it was this just nasty thing that knocked us on our ass and it sucks getting sick in the summer for one, getting sick whenever it's bright outside and light and everybody's playing, and especially when you're on vacation at when the beach.
1: Not at your house.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being sick, not at your house is really awful. But there are things to be grateful for amidst that. Like the fact that it wasn't COVID, like that's a weird thing to say you're grateful for, but I actually was. Uh, grateful that I was still with to be like able to be with family during that time and that it wasn't for the whole week. I think there's you can feel like such a victim and you can live out of a place of victimhood and it just really doesn't serve you very well to just be like man, I can't catch a break. like everything bad happens to me because there's always someone out there who has it worse than you do. Um, So I do feel like we are somewhat responsible for our own contentment, our own happiness really, and our own peace. We just have to, I think that's what, I don't know if that's what you meant when you were saying like you have to hold it and you have to kind of claim contentment, but that's what I gather from, from it.
1: Yeah. I think it's a tricky dance with just, What you said is so true, but I think it's also I've heard a lot of people and I've I've I'm sure I've said this myself um, when things get hard. I I hear people kind of um, skirting around their heart like it's like this fine line between um, being a victim of your circumstances and holding space for the hardness of your circumstances. Right. So I hear a lot of times people, are, I'll be like, Oh man, that's like really hard. I'm so sorry. You're going through that. And they'll say, Oh, well, somebody else has it way worse than me. Like yeah, yeah. I don't need to like, mm-hmm. I, you know, and so then it's kind of like, so like, can you honor your heart or are we just going to like skirt away from it? Because somebody else has it harder than you. Or can we say like, yeah, this is really hard right now. And though other people have it harder than me sometimes or have gone through similar things, how can I hold space for this in my own life enough to process it and and use it to teach me or transmute toward a, a higher place of healing for myself?
0: Katie loves that word, transmute. I love she just, it. She's just recently started using it. I love it.
1: transmutation. But in all... <laughs> seriousness though like it is uh it's a it's a transformational process learning how to hold space for your discomfort and your heart and your pain and not escaping it or explaining it away or you know using that common line of like oh other people have been through worse
0: yeah yeah i fully agree with that i'm glad you brought that up sometimes when we say stuff we don't realize that we're only talking from one angle of it. And yeah, I definitely agree. I think for me, something that was helpful amidst the sick was to realize that like, yeah, this is hard. This sucks, but like, it's not that bad. Like it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, At least I'm not throwing up or, you know, like,
1: yeah, I mean, I had to like that. Our daughter was the first one that got sick and, and, I like in the middle of the night, threw up and got sick myself. And I was like, well, this sucks, but at least she's sleeping and she's done throwing up. So I can at least throw up in peace. Here you go. <laughs> you know, like I think it is a practice of kind of training your brain to not like good vibes only or always yeah. see the positive, but like get yourself. It's like the dance of letting yourself be in the misery long enough to appreciate it, but then. How can you pull yourself out of it so you don't stay there?
0: Yeah. And I think people who are able to sit down long enough to actually write out what we're dancing around are able to articulate the words really well. And so I just want to read one more thing. And this is from chapter seven of the mountain is you it's from self sabotage to self mastery. So moving from self sabotage to self mastery sounds like an extraordinary transformation, when in reality it is the natural course of coming to understand that you were responsible for holding your life back and so you are also capable of moving it forward. Mm. And I think that that's a brilliant just way of putting it, that we are responsible for our own happiness, contentment, joy, all of it. We can't control our surroundings, but we can operate from a place of, you know, m- moving forward in our lives, not being held back by our past or by our circumstances or by any of it. And, you know, kind of rising.
1: I mean, I think rising up from that. When you read that, it's the first thing that came to my mind was that is like true empowerment. Mm hmm when you can realize that you are the problem, but you're also the solution essentially.
0: Yes. Yeah. And there's, there is power in that. There's also, it feels like a super, like, like almost like a Superman kind of, or, or a superhero kind of thing that you're being told by your, like, it seems like the perfect line for a trailer, you know, with, with, it's like Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. It's, that same idea of like, that's a lot of weight on your shoulders Mm -hmm. to you're the problem and you're the solution, but it's true. And I think that we're able to either move away from peace and contentment by just focusing on the wrong things, things that won't satisfy us long-term. They're just short-term bandages like alcohol or buying new things or sex, or drugs, or any of it, they aren't going to have sustaining peace or contentment mm-hmm. for us. And so, like we said earlier, I think that both contentment, peace, all of it is a practice of of daily, I think, sitting and and being grateful for certain things.
1: Yeah, I would say, like, to boil it down, to kind of what we've talked about as far as like strategies, I think practicing mindful awareness, gratitude, kind of tuning into your emotions and like how you're feeling and not getting like swept away in certain thoughts to where it just takes you down like this victimizing path that keeps you stuck. And Just allowing, like, I I think too, I come back to with contentment, like allowing yourself to free yourself.
0: Yeah. So I guess in closing, what's the difference between contentment and peace in your mind?
1: I think contentment is, it is a mile marker on the, on the path to full peace. Like It is one step toward peace.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: When you can stay in a place of contentment, you are closer to a state of peace, but it's not peace in totality. There's other parts to peace.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you found this discussion titillating, if you want to learn more about contentment and peace, hit us up on Instagram, hit us up uh, via email. Also just something I would say for like a homework type thing is to write down some things that you're grateful for. Yeah, I think sitting down for just five minutes a day even. I don't do this all the time. (laughs) This is Andrew's homework. Yeah, to sit down and just write some things that make you content or make you feel peace and to lean into those things more. I will consume 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 all day on YouTube or Netflix or
1: does that make you content
0: Yeah, any of these other things it makes me feel uh, something. It makes me feel like oh, this is it makes me feel entertained. Mm. But other than that it doesn't it doesn't bring a lasting effect. It doesn't bring peace. So I think I want to focus more on things that do bring more peace. Even sitting and reading a book brings me a lot more peace. Reading a book in a hammock or whatever. Those are the types of things that bring me peace. Going for a walk really brings me a lot of peace. So figure out what those things are for you and write them down and try to do them more. Put them in your calendar because I think sometimes we just don't do things because we are busy people. You're a busy person. So am I. So I think we need reminders because we suck at like focusing on the things that we actually really enjoy or that are really good for us, unless we put systems in place to ensure that we're being accountable to like ways in which we want to actually grow. Word. All right. Thanks everybody for (laughs) listening. Cheers. Peace y'all. If you are continuing to dig these episodes, you can write us a review at Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. If you want to pick up some of our merch, you can do so at allegorianelmcom slash shop. You can get a shoot the shit and be a real hat or a tri shirt. If you want to connect with us on Instagram, Katie is at Embrace Yourself Whole. Andrew is at Allegory and Elm. Thanks so much for listening. Your story
1: matters. Cheers.